Welcome to Black Sheep by BBH. I'm your host, writer and performer, Daniela Isaacs. This podcast celebrates those that don't follow the flock. Across the series, I'll be having conversations with some of the world's most notorious black sheep. We'll hear their stories told through the rules they've broken. Black Sheep is a podcast about rules and how to break them. Our black sheep this week is Gundeep Anand. Gundeep is the founder of The Last Stand. If The Last Stand hasn't reached your radar just yet, then mark my words, it won't be long till it sits firmly in your consciousness. Gundeep started out as a PE teacher before joining Merrill Lynch, and then he made an even bigger leap into the world of advertising. But Gundeep decided to sack off all of that in 2016, and he returned back to his roots in his Sikh community of West London, where he set up The Last Stand. The Last Stand has a simple premise. It's a street football tournament created to unite communities and break down social, cultural and religious barriers through sport. After realising that football could act as the glue to bring together rival communities in a non-violent, exciting way, Gundeep worked relentlessly to replace rivalries and disillusionment with ambition, team building and encouragement. As a consequence, The Last Stand has been celebrated by global sports brands and celebrities including Ashley Cole, Henri and the Mayor of London. The enterprise has now spread all over the UK and Gundeep's vision to make change continues to grow. When I rang him to get him on the podcast, he confidently told me, I find this premise very hard, to be honest, because in my mind, there are no rules. We recorded this interview pre-COVID, pre-lockdown, pre-the world changing. Hi, Gandhi. Hello, Daniela. Thank you for being on the podcast with us today. No, thanks for having me. We normally kick off the podcast uh, due to the title by asking every guest whether they think of themselves as a black sheep. <laughs> um, I would say like I just I just follow follow my heart really, and I just follow the intuition really, and uh, I'm not I would say I'm not driven by like external influences like people opinions and stuff like that. I try to block it out, so I don't know if that classes me. As a black sheep or a white sheep. (laughs) In your community growing up, do you think you were surrounded by white sheep or black sheep? Uh, I think growing up was white sheep, but it's only when I started meditation, I started being around black sheep, I would say, because they were like, just, they wanted you to go inside Mm -hmm. and like, follow you, be you. They're like, you have to be you. Like, and so I think that, changed or shaped a lot of my thinking and a lot of my work and a lot of the stuff I do and that made me more open and have more empathy mm-hmm. uh, empathy yeah, yeah. Have more empathy to towards other people and I think that kind of instilled the seed of consciousness in me I think mm. yeah I want to hear loads more about how meditation has influenced you because it feels like such a kind of significant part of your so well-being yeah Go on, go on. Well, I was going to say, let's jump into your first broken rule because I feel like through these broken rules, we'll be able to know what drives you. So, Gundeep, will you tell me the first rule that you've broken, please? (laughs) 
the first rule that I would say is, um, do you know, like a lot of people in this industry, it's called, it's called work hard. Everyone wants to work hard and like just burn yourself out, kill it. And I think it's actually the opposite, right? You, I think you've got to work smart. Like you got to be intelligent. you like, everyone's just out here selling time. Like, yo, you, we're all out here to make stuff, you know? At the end of the day, we all want to make amazing work, product, film, sh books, shoes, whatever it is. So let's work towards that rather than just saying, I need to do set amount of hours, but what what are these hours leading up to? Mm. I think that's one of the things I would say. Is I, that yeah? I think it takes a long time to get to that realization. So will you can we do a big rewind? <laughs> <laughs> you can do the sound effect if you want. Um, rewind. <laughs> thank you. And um, will you tell me like what you wanted to do as a kid? Oh my god, you're gonna laugh. Okay, so when I was a kid, I wanted to be a big tree. <laughs> right. Because are I, you high? No, <laughs> I'm no. joking. No, I just wanted to be a big tree. Right. Um, what did a tree signify to you? I don't know. It was just like big, strong. It's just big. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I wish I was a tree. <laughs> the sometime I wanted to be a bird. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not high. I don't smoke. I don't drink. So I don't do drugs or anything. Right, so you lit. wanted to be a tree, and yeah. where did you go after you realised, unfortunately, that you can't transcend into nature? Yeah. Um, what did you do after school? What was your kind of ambitions growing up? Um, yeah, like it's just you, you kind of follow what's around you. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, it was just what everyone else, else is doing. People were saying, oh, just go into engineering. So I, I always loved sport. So mm -hmm. I used to play badminton, I used to play for my county. I represent uh, at London Youth Games, my borough as well. and I was, So I was really good and I wanted to play in the Olympics, mm. but it was so expensive to train and like I had to go Milton Keynes at your 14 and like it cost a lot of money to go Milton Keynes, so I had to stop that. Uh, but sport kind of led me to a college where I went to Richmond College uh, in Twickenham mm -hmm. and I just did engineering there because I just thought, something cool different like i always want to make stuff like i always want to um like i'm always intrigued by people's products or whatever it's i just want to know like i'm like i just want to know you i want to know the thing i just i just want to know stuff i don't know there's something in my head that what is it what like why are they like that what well, I want to know them, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That sort of stuff. And then once you went to uh, college and you were studying as an engineer, where yeah. did you go next? Oh, uh, so I took a... Uh, so after that, I was just like... I first... Well, I didn't even know... Like, first year, I don't know what I was doing. Like, I didn't even know what coursework was. Like, I swear to God, like, I don't know how I passed. And second second year, like, I don't even know. Like, I was just so confused. I was like, what is what is this coursework? Mm. Like, what do you want me to do? And I just copied everyone and I just passed. Like, so, like, my friend got so many A stars and all of that. And now they're just in dead end jobs. And I just got, I hardly passed and I'm enjoying my life. So, mm. it just it just shows that you don't have to be in a system where everyone's just working hard and just doing their things. You can, if you just follow your dreams, follow your heart, I think, do you know what I mean you get to a place where you actually enjoy what you do mm -hmm. but looking back at your CV that you kind of spoke me through very briefly before we started sure. it, it sounds like originally you thought that was what you had to do you know you went to Merrill Lynch you yeah. joined like different kind of massive corporations yeah 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 what was the kind of turning point or what was your experience like when you were there which yeah, okay so okay okay so I'll tell you this so um I was a so after college I took a gap here 
I started working with loads of charities, Oxfam Cancer Research and UNICEF. I raised like 40 grand for them. Wow. So that was a lot for like, and then after uh, I said, okay, it's time to go uni and stuff like that. Then I was like, instead of going uni, I did like a apprenticeship. So I was working for an oil and gas company. Uh, we were drawing like gas pipes in Chile and stuff like that. We were just like, I was like, shit, man, I've got my own office. I've got my own line. And even in the interview, the guy was saying, oh, we're going to give you a starting salary of this. And I was like, mate, because my mate had an apprenticeship as well, yeah? I was like, my mate's getting this much, man. What's this? Yeah, then the next day I get the contract. It's like double my mate. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I did that uh, apprenticeship. And then obviously um, recession happened in 2008. So I was just like, shit, like I want to do something I'm passionate about. And then I started volunteering. I got into coaching. Um, my friend told me about this guy. They always look. They're working with kids, and they're always looking for people to help. And I did my level one before that for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just destiny or mm, something. What's like, a level one? FA level one qualification. Right. So cool. if you want to get into coaching, like you have to do the badges. Um, and then I did my level one, and for some reason I met that guy. I was like volunteering, and I was just working in Shepherd's Bush, acting, Hammersmith, Labour Grove going to estates, primary schools. I think whilst I was doing that, um, um, I think Coca-Cola was uh, sponsoring one of their projects, so kind of thing, and then they, they really liked what I was doing. We were bringing one kids from one estate to the another, bringing people together, and they put me forward for like an award, which was like London's Inspirational Coach, mm. which was sick. Like and that, they put me on billboards, magazines, and got me to speak at places. I was like, "Wow, this is bougie, but I like it." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was good, and then uh, it was crazy because my mate after that he was just like, um, he he wanted to be a rapper all of a sudden. I don't know what happened to him, and um, and I was like, he's like, I want to make a music video. I was like, mate, I always want to make a film. So, um, so. We said, why don't we go half buy a camera? But it was just like, when it came to buying it, it he just said, mate, oh, I spent all my money now. I was like, bruv, like we gave the word, we have to pay, do you know what I mean? So uh, luckily, uh, a lot of people helped me. I bought the camera and I realized that you need a lot of equipment and to make something look good, you can't just buy a camera and a lens. So anyway, long story short, uh, yeah, um, I got it, got it and then um, I realised my mate was like why well, don't you do photography so you can get quick jobs and that could help buy the equipment that you need so I started doing taking photos and stuff like that and people started liking it and then I started putting it online I didn't realise that there was a company called MNC Saatchi I don't know who they were mm-hmm. they saw my work uh, and then they said can you meet us so I was like no one's ever asked me to meet about my work, but I, I can if you want me to. So then I went to the office. I was like, oh, shit, this is the real deal. <laughs> These are like, you you know, the big offices, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's in, so, is it Golden Square? Yeah, Golden Square, yeah. And um, that's when I got to work. I, I, I do a glamour glamour shoot with American. You know what? It's so fucking funny, yeah? I don't really swear, but it's bad. I'm so sorry. And then... Um, and it, it's just funny. So I turned up to the set, yeah. You know, mind you, I only take photos at that time. I just had a camera and a Russian vintage lens. Like, mm-hmm. that's, and it's manual. Like, I don't even, it, it's not even automatic focus. I I used to shoot sports on a manual focus. That's how I learned. And um, I rocked up to the set and the guy was like, uh, <laughs> hi. I was like, hi. And it's like, where's your equipment? I was like, this is my equipment. <laughs> He's like, 
where's your equipment? I was like, this is my equipment. Then he was just like, I think he was shocked because he said, I'm used to seeing people with big lights, big flashes. And I think he loved the photos so much that they're printed on like such a massive board. Mm. It's still, I don't know if it's still in the gym. And he was like, I've never seen anyone come with just that and give me that. So I recreated Muhammad Ali po- pose for Amir Khan. And that's how Amir Khan was f- like top of his game. It's like you're talking 2012. Like he was really big and I was just like, wow, thank you, thank you. That really helped me. Um, and then after that, I thought I made it, uh, which is a bit dumb, you know, naive. Like I left my PE jobs like, yeah, I don't need that no more. I'm going to be a photographer. I've made it. I'm going to work with all the biggest sports people. Because, you know, I'm so passionate about sports. Like anything I ever did from coaching to filming or uh, it's always been sports. Sports mm. has been my like the heart of my thing, what I do. And... Um, yeah, and I thought I made it, which is a big mistake. And then my friend was like, mate, what are you doing in it? Like, uh, I, he used to work uh, with a lot of traders. And I used to love reading City AM. And I used to love, I don't know what it was. It's maybe we watch these movies and you always want to be on a trade floor. And you just want to be around them, right? And then, um, um, yeah. And then he said, oh, there's a job going for Merrill Lynch. I said, bro, I don't have. No, I went uni for one week. I just went freshers week and that's it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, so he was just like, yeah, don't worry. Like, we get you in. Like, are you good with computers? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm calm. So I just got to support the traders on IT level. And I was just, for a couple of months, I was like, oh my God, this is so sick. I'm wearing suits. I'm just on the trade floor. These guys are like on the phones like, yeah, I want 100 of that. Like, bang. And like on the laptops, like 100 screens. I was like, shit, this is like a movie. But then after a while, I realized, I was like, okay, I've got money now, but I'm so unhappy. Mm. And just thinking about your broken rule, work hard. In my head, the kind of uh, distillation of that is like a a still from Merrill Lynch. So was that one of your kind of moments where you recognize the difference between like working, inverted commas, hard versus to like working towards something that you actually care about? Yeah, like I'm so glad. I went to Merrill Lynch. If I didn't do that, I would never be as passionate or as work as hard to... When I mean work hard, like, uh, when I mean, like, I won't be driven mm. to create what I wanted to do. Because I think when I got that American kind of thing, in my, it blew my head, right? I thought, shit, it's, that's it. And I needed that reality check. And I, sometimes, you know, you need to get away from stuff to mm-hmm. realise how much they mean to you. Mm. And I think Merrill Lynch was that for me um, and obviously once I left that it was just um, what made you leave in basically like a lot the Indian culture is like they they want to work hard and they want to be like safe jobs and big jobs and like I think that's why they, they, everyone in the community they're like you're stupid what are you gonna do I was like look man just I don't feel it's the right thing to do um, and, I and think, what were those feelings like what was the kind of day to day thought one you just said you feel like you're a zombie but what was the other kind of like it was just I just felt like the culture there is not the right thing like I'm just doing work to justify work mm. like half the time I'm spending is to justify what I'm doing and everyone's trying to it's a dog eat dog world like everyone's just trying to get on top of each other I said do you really want how are you going to grow in this toxic environment how can someone grow like where everyone's trying to get better on someone. I said, bro, I'd rather spend that energy not defending myself, but I'd rather creating something. Mm-hmm. 
because I think that really um, that that curiosity to create stuff I think that really helped me mm. uh, and I think yeah so you hand in your notice you take a risk where do you go from there <laughs> oh my god it was like <laughs> so I don't even know it was because fir uh, first couple of months it was okay but then after a while I was just like you don't know where to start like I don't know anyone from the industry I don't know it was just difficult I remember my mate he used to work at a company he said why don't you shoot behind the scenes for our thing he said you've been off you haven't done anything why don't you do that for us take this gig I was like alright cool and I'd just done a really good job and then apparently M&S was their client and they had a, like a lingerie shoot and they like they, for some strange reason they really liked the corporate film I made for them and then they gave me the M&S kind of job on that. And I think that really helped my profile and kind of build on from there. Then I, after that, I got to do Premier League. And then after that, I got to do EE. Uh, then I went on tour with Island Records. Uh, with, do you remember Will Young? Like, of course I remember Will Young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, that was an amazing time. And um, I started doing a lot of music. I st I'd made a mockumentary for him. Um, then slowly so getting into I still didn't know the industry I didn't know anyone in the ads I didn't know if it existed then I dropped a cheeky email um, to the, a lady called Kirsten Cates she used to be at Droga 5 that time and then she really liked it mm -hmm. and she was like hey why don't you come in for a coffee I was like I don't really drink coffee but I'll come <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah um, but where does the last stand fit into all of this okay so long story short fast forward quickly go in the industry uh, when I did the EE job, the guys were like, hey, I really like what you do. I got to be a creative director for Honda Publicist Blueprint, which is like the content division kind of thing, which is amazing because I'll come up with ideas and I'll get to direct them. Like, I'm basically, I'm the create, I'm creating my own briefs. Mm. So it's a dream job for any director. Um, yeah, and over there, that's when I realised that I was like, shit, like, uh, I need, to, I'm, we're, I'm on loop and I just felt like I'm not really creating we're winning awards, clients loving our work, but it's I, I, like, again, same. I felt like I'm just, I'm sure, Dan, you, you must know what it's like in the agency. It's like you spend half the time justifying what you're doing, you know, and I'm just like, I, I can't be in an environment where I'm justifying what I'm doing. Like, you, we got what's the point of you hiring me? There's a trust. Like, if there's no trust, how can we work? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like, it's not the right thing and that time I was in um, with my mate in Leon in Hammersmith I was like man I really miss the times that we used to bring kids from one estate to another um, and I want to do it it's like why don't you do it I was like okay I will do it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so yeah that's how pretty much it started and then I rang up a couple of the, the boys that would play I was like hey man I'm thinking of this tournament yeah where winners get Nando's Losers get chicken cottage. Yeah, do you want to play? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's calm. That's lit still. So then, um, that's how it kind of started, and we just put out um, a film, uh, like a promo with one of the kids, and then it just took off from there within the underground street football scene, and Instagram. Like hats off to Instagram. Instagram done a lot for us. So 
not the company, but the what their their, pro, their platform mm, by getting the word out there. Isn't it interesting that you kind of started out in your community, yeah. um, you know, as a coach, and you had to go on that entire journey into what you were sold to believe is like what we're meant to aspire to, to then return all the way back to home again. Yeah, it's just uh, I think if I didn't learn those skills, lack of filmmaking, and if I yeah. haven't done directed these commercials, music videos, and <clears throat> documentaries and stuff I think I wouldn't have been able to get last and off the ground I think it's really important for people to understand sometimes you might be in jobs that you don't hate you don't like and you really hate but just be present and take the most of it because you don't know how these skills will help you it's like it's like a it's like a modular thing right it's like it's like you're building floors right every job is like one floor, one mm. floor, one floor, and it will get you to the top, that floor that you want to get to. And so I think people should be grateful for any opportunities and stuff. And that's one thing I do remember that they said, whatever you do, that's always been my, whenever I was, I was a coach, I just wanted to be the best at what I do. Mm. If I was doing like directing or whatever, I just wanted to be the best. So I would reach out to people like Ringin and stuff and they would, like I would spend time with them on set and stuff I just wanted to be around the best like my mind's like I want to make something shit hot who's making shit hot stuff right now let me I need to be around them mm. same with when I was coaching like I was just wanted to, I was working at Watford Academy because I just wanted to better myself thinking about the best and striving yeah. for the best I don't know if that contradicts with your next rule so yeah, let's yeah, yeah. explore this more will you tell me Gandeep the mm. second rule that you have broken please so there's this thing uh, in this industry shall I just uh, quickly summarise it um, the second rule is strive for perfection um, um, yeah so like the I would say like as a director like it's always about perfection the colours the grade the pixels the framing the composition to the script it's everything's got to be second by second or if you're doing a print thing whatever it is right this ad industry has just got your mind to be manufactured in a way that if it's not perfect it's not happening mm. and me doing the last stand it made me realise that shit like bro like it's not about you got to chase the truth not the perfection because when you chase the truth that's when you're touching people's hearts that's when you're you're connecting with the real people. It took me so, so, so long to get over that. And the second I got over that, oh my God, like the community blew. We were we were creating stuff that people actually wanted to see and connect. And that, for me, that was such a big thing. Like, And I think there's a lot of artists out there. There's a lot of filmmakers or creators out there that are just chasing perfection. But no, you should be chasing the truth. Does this have an impact? Is this going to move someone? Is this going to create some sort of emotion? Is this going to touch someone's heart? If it does, then well, just do it. Yeah. Can we do a second re rewind? Uh, to when, rewind. <laughs> thank you. Uh, to when you were in uh, Leon in Hammersmith. You yeah. sat down with your friends and you were kind of reminded of the time that you were working within the West London community. I want to know, like, from there, how you built The Last Stand and how you had to overcome the fact that you were striving for perfection. So you sit with your friend and yeah. how, how do you then build it? Because it sounds so huge now. Yeah, like, do you know what it is? Because I think I was in the moment of it. I'd never realised that how hard it is to do that. 
like even uh, we did Birmingham like we went to a new city no one knows us and within few days we had like so many different communities and people we had like 700 people there like um, so how I did it I think filmmaking is so important yeah you keep talking and it's it, because, ab- okay, okay, I'll tell you what, about the you. collaboration between yeah. filmmaking and sport and that for me is sounds so kind of at odds with each other so can you explain how you connected the two um, um, I would say that I say yeah if you want to create change in this day and age it has to be through art that's it like if you're not communicating with people through art you might as well forget about it. Why do you think these ad agencies are hiring the best directors and stuff? Dan Hart commissions, big boy directors. Why? Because art is something that touches people's and they don't have to think. They don't have to communicate. It's a feeling. And I think that's so important in this day and age. How can we uh, convey that feeling that you got, which is a good feeling, that you want to help people? And But instead of in words that because they have to translate that but mm. feelings you don't have to translate it just goes in the system oh I like this when you eat good food you like I like this you know so yeah I think um, so that's why if you want to create change I think it has to be through art my art was filmmaking just like I'm really uh, grateful I think my, my work got better when I decided I don't want to be like anyone else but how does this connect to The Last Stand? Uh, the way it connects is that it allowed me to connect with the community that I wanted to have an impact on, I wanted to help. Because that community, it's, I don't know what language you can speak to them to get through them. And I think the only language for me to work with them was art, like through films. And and that's how it kind of helped. Because they were like, right, this is sick, man. Because if you go to someone and say, bro, I want to help you, I think you're in deep trouble. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, F off, bruv. Like, don't come around here again yeah? yeah but if you say hey check this out this is like oh my god let me get involved let me get involved so what how, how did you do it like uh, so I made a film. it started in Hammersmith yeah, yeah yeah so I I had a I knew some of the teams because I, I was coaching before so and then I just said to a couple of the guys hey I'm doing this would you be interested and I think they were really astonished that someone is asking for their opinion Someone is actually giving some respect to them and someone's saying, what you say matters, what you think matters. And they were like, wow, like no one's done that for me. So, and then we done filming for them. We done, we filmed one of the first teams and we put a video out and then all the other teams were like, oh, hey, come film my team, come film my mm. team. And then you go film them and only two will turn up. It's four aside, so only two will turn up. Then you make a film about two people. Then his f- other two friends will see it. They're like, oh, I want to come. Then you'll do another film <laughs> with four of them in it this time. And then, um, and I had to do that for so many people. And where do you share the films? Uh, we shared it on Instagram. But what we did was, I think that kind of worked for us. I was like, instead of saying it's all about Last Stand, we're like, mm. it's about you. So we shared it on their platforms and they already had their friends and audience and stuff that kind of... Uh, just engages with them already so that kind of helped bring a lot of people together and make them say do you know what this is something exciting and I think you know like my life didn't change in big moments my life changed in small moments and I was like if I can create that sort of spark if I can create that something in their life uh, I'm happy and what were the type of stories that you heard or continue to hear as you were filming them play football yeah like obviously it's because remember it in the in the first thing they're not no one's going to open up unless you know them so it's 
kind of building that rapport and like kind of building that sort of relationship with them um and then obviously slowly slowly they open up and they because in when you work with these communities uh i think a lot of people forget to especially within within the marketing and ad world they forget that there's low levels of trust so a lot of people will throw money there but throwing money is just not going to get you the right type of people that you want to actually get your message across to um so you have to build that sort of kind of like level of trust and that will come with engagement and you actually saying what you're doing i think a lot of people are hollow promises and i think the more real you are the more genuine you are i think you'll get connect people will connect with you and stuff like that and how does football serve that or help with that uh because football is uh, it's a common denominator you don't need to really speak uh a language you don't need to speak you just play like I, like i was in paris yeah with fifa right i went to area where i shouldn't go and we were filming and just because of football like we were just laughing having fun and like if i didn't have a ball i think it would have been a different scene it just neutralizes the whole environment like it's crazy like i i love football man like it just it brings so many people together i remember i moved to a new area uh uh when i was like 14 i didn't know anyone because i played football in the park i knew the whole of town mm. and everyone was my friend like i just if it empowers you man and are you planning on getting girls to play as well as boys? yeah yeah of course of course the intention is like we're doing a massive one this summer so yeah there's going to be girls involved as well 100% Uh, ideally the dream is to do mixed but obviously that will take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really are making such a social impact okay, through okay. football and filmmaking and it's a collaboration that I would never imagine. And so when you started um, making films with the people that were playing football what were you were you was your intention going in quite different to the output that you were receiving and is that how how you had to kind of change this uh, total intention for perfection? Um initially I just wanted to make something sick that I liked and I was like I don't care if the society approves when I mean society I mean like the ad society mm. <laughs> so like, I don't care if they approve it or not like if it's up to a standard of a certain director or not I was like mate if it empowers the people so I think that's me kind of getting rid of that perfection like stigma that's been on my head for so long and that you know what getting rid of that actually sped up like helped to speed up all the processes and we were able to keep up with the real thing real time like when you realize that shit has to go out quickly because mm. when you got an active project um i think within the within the ad and stuff you have planned everything so everything's timed but when you work with real life stuff it's different because something just could come up and you got to react to it and if you don't react and if you're reacting and saying oh I need that grade it should be slightly more yellow should be slightly more thing and you you miss out the impact and and, and who were you making these films for I was making it for the kids <laughs> just really I just want, I wanted them to look like community heroes I wanted them to look like Ronaldo's of the ends mm. Ronaldo of Hammersmith for Ronaldo <laughs> but I wanted them to be like big I wanted them to be feel like shit I am someone and I think you know the biggest challenge is right now is like the society makes them feel like they're worthy of nothing and i think um because the circle they're around you know we are lucky we have uh, amazing people around us you know that uplift us and they're doing amazing stuff so they don't get that so i think by creating these films they become a prominent figure in the community and just like they're, they're heroes in it 
And how is it received? Like, how are your peers reacting to you doing this and walking away from the kind of bright lights of advertising? It's been great. Like, I'm, I'm really grateful for all their support and stuff like that. I want to know how you are now growing um, oh. the last stand. So let's go into the final broken rule, please, Gundu. <laughs> It's called seek permission. So you have not sought permission. Yeah, because I've got this thing where I say, I will apologise later. I'll just do it. Because I'll tell you why, yeah. Because when I first when I first had this idea for Last Stand, I remember I, I went to a guy I really trusted, right? And I respected. And I said to him, hey, man, I want to do this. Like, what do you think? And I was like, okay, I, I respect him. So he might come back with something. Yo, let's do this or whatever. He just came back. Yeah, it's great, but it's been done. And I was like, bruv, yeah, it's been done, but it's not been done by me, you know? And and that's one of the things I would say, Daniel. Like, imagine like how many Daniela's out there in the world right now, you know what I mean? They might they might look like you, but can they feel like you? Can they touch like you? Can they can they write like you? Absolutely can they not. Do you know what I mean? Can they <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anything you do is gonna be different. Anything you touch is gonna to be different. So Daniela, why so so we need you. This world needs you because every time you touch something is unique. Do you see what I mean? Totally. I guess in my head it sounds like the, the, by combining making your films and setting up these football tournaments, that feels incredibly unique. Yeah. Had other people done that before? Yeah, of course. I, I'm, I, I'm not reinventing anything. There's tournaments. I'm sure Nike's done plenty of them. Adidas done plenty of them. Or other organisations done on there. All we, all we did is just because we did it and we cared more. That's it, really. I mean, we just cared enough, I would say, about the people rather than uh, about the brand or stuff like that. Do you know, I think that that was the difference. And how did it grow so organically? Yeah, like I only had intention of doing one. It's only that on the first one, council shut the lights halfway. Wow, uh, because... <laughs> I don't know. I had a permit and everything, but apparently someone forgot to inform the guy to change the timings of the lights. Right. And the light shut down half t- half time, and I was just like, like shit, like this is my first ever thing, and I was just shocked. But then the reaction I got from the kids, they're like, oh no no, this is sick, man, no no, I don't care if the lights went <laughs> off, this is dope, like, and people turned up all their flashes on on the phones and stuff like that. It was just amazing, and they were like, no no, we want a part two, we want a part two, we want a part two. This is unfinished business. So the kids were really excited and they were like, no one's ever cared for them or gave them a platform to be themselves. Mm. Um, so that, I did part two because of that. And th- then we had lots of interest in the build up to it. A lot of people saying a lot of things. And yeah, so it was good. Like, oh man, I've learned so much. It's crazy because a lot of people lead you on to, to uh, they will say this and do that. Oh my God. Like, I, I, I don't, if I, someone said, could you go back? I said, no. <laughs> Why? What were the type of kind of obstacles that you got trying to make it grow throughout London? I just I just wish people were more transparent with me. I just wish people were more transparent and honest. And if they couldn't do something, they just should have just let me know. Rather than me, I wasted so much time, man. And where do the football matches take place? Um, the matches took place in West London. Uh, in, it's a place called Eddie Woods Estate. Uh, I, I started coaching there and I think it's probably one of the perfect pitches for street football because it's got place to stand DJ and stuff 
and then the matches took place in Birmingham. It was just, it's amazing, you know, even in Birmingham we had like uh, a biking community, football community, sport, uh, car community, music community all together in one roof and I don't think if you, if you know Birmingham, right, in Birmingham, if everyone just in boxes, like they don't integrate that well and then someone said to me, like I've never seen some so many communities in one place mm. so I, I felt like wow like it's just something exciting and it's inspiring them kids to do obviously what happened after something like I said I never anticipated you know the kids have gone on to become models for Nike Puma Adidas faces all the Oxford Street you know they're starting their own businesses back of this some of them got brand deals back of this even done a collaboration uh, with Nike where they sold their merch on Nike's website um, and even Kids have gone on to work with Neymar, Jesse Lingard, and like um, even one of the guys who are helping me, he's um, he was just a wedding photographer. Now he's gone, he's flying private jets with Chelsea Football Club. You know, mm. making uh, working with them, and um, yeah, and like even my other mate, who's just a runner now, he's he's an editor for one of the he's editing for various agencies and brands, and like it's helped a lot of people, man. And even me, like I'm working with Mirror of London, like collaborating with them was on their cultural board advising them like what young people <laughs> was good for young people and stuff and like working with princess i even got a letter from prince charles i don't know if i told you no you haven't told me yeah, that i even got a letter from prince charles saying how happy because i come from his trust yeah his trust got me my first paid job um so he was happy and now we're working with them it's just crazy man like you know when i first started it was just like i wanted to work with all these people and i spent a lot of time Nothing really happened. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on myself. Mm. And then all those people came yeah. automatically. And that's what that's when I learned that if you focus on yourself, everything comes. Mm. Don't chase it. Just become so bright, so bright that they have to see you. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Just become so bright. Like, you're like a diamond shining. Everyone loves Rihanna's a diamond. Rihanna's going to steal it. <coughs> um, I think that what sounds so interesting is that you didn't seek permission, right, from, yeah. from I don't know, the authorities that you needed to get in touch with in <coughs> order to set it up. I'm sure in some ways no, you did. No, in some way, yeah, yeah, legally, yeah, you have to. But in a way that I was not waiting for someone like Nike or Adidas mm. or big organisations. To invest in you. Yeah, invest in me or say, hey, Daniela, you're ready, go. <laughs> yeah, but as a consequence, <coughs> what you've done, I think, is helped people that are playing within the teams yeah. like you've given them permission to sure. to be who they want to be rather than who they have been kind of taught that they should be if that makes sense yeah and of course and i think it's lifted the lid of imagination in their eyes and their head like made them realize shit man i can be more than i can do whatever i want to do mm. do you know what i mean like and i think imagination so important i'll tell you why because so let's say yeah in your dreams what can't you do in your dream, you can only do as much as your imagination allows you, right? Wherever your imagination goes, that's where your limit is, right? Mm. In the same way in this world, right? You can do as much as your imagination allows you to do, you know? So and that's what we need to do is like, how do we flex that imagination? How do we massage it for these people so they can think bigger? And these are the future leaders. These are the people that are going to make impact. These are the future government. These are the, like, people who are going to change the world. Mm. These are going to have impact on social issues, like... <clears throat> these are the people that we need so we need to support help and make them believe and think and mm. put them in environments that they can feel do you know what I want to create a change now all the kids that come out of this they're like man I want to help people yeah and just 
through your experience of this, mm. how has it made you reflect on the kind of system that our country exists within? <laughs> um, I would say it is what it is, but you you can either s- spend your energy fighting the system or you can create solutions. Mm. I'm one of those guys I'll create solution and I'll collaborate and let them know say look I understand you're there's trouble but here's the bright light like here's the light mm. if you want to do and it's I don't think the problem is like there's a lot of people out there that want to help and there's a lot of people out there that need help but the biggest problem is both are not talking to each other and I feel what we're doing with last stand is we're bridging that gap you know we can blame a lot of people but is that where you want to spend your energy or you want to spend your energy into being a better person i think the biggest gift to humanity is yourself you know so be the best version of you mm. you know because the more better you are the more people you can help i think that will be a perfect place for you to tell me the one rule that you will never break <laughs> one rule I would never break would be it's a really difficult one but it's like I don't think I can lie to myself uh, I will have to stay true to myself uh, maybe I do understand I might deviate from stuff time to time but I think that's one of the things that I'll be like a walking zombie really if I <laughs> lie to myself I don't well, know you've done I, that right yeah you're, you're you know beginnings of your 20s when you were out kind of playing a version of yourself that you thought you should be yeah yeah you told me twice today that that was you being a zombie yeah like i just feel if you lie to yourself i don't know how i don't know how i would feel as a person like it just i I can't live with i have to live with integrity do you think it's a harder life when you try to be kind of constantly true to yourself oh my god 100 percent hundred percent you you can be it's easy to be a sellout it's easy to be a fraud it's easy to be just a liar like it's it's so easy to do that but can you live with that feeling i can't thank you so much gundi for being our black sheep thank you daniela thanks for making me black sheep can i be a brown sheep because i'm (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course you can (laughs) all right cheers thank you thank you so much 